my soul. Go ahead and remain standing. Grab your Bibles, turn to Proverbs. I'm glad those things I helped Joe with last year is really taken on. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hey, Joe, who won that Woodley fight last night? Woodley. Ah, oh, dog. All right. Church, say amen. amen. Proverbs. Proverbs. Turn to Proverbs real quick. I got a, a real quick word for you. It's going to be short and sweet. <clears throat> Look, people, we have guests, all right? Man, just dissing me right in front of our, our guests, amen? Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs, hey, on, on the, it says 21, but it's 24. I, I don't know if, it, okay, all right, I had a little misprint there. I think the last time I saw you other guys was at the wedding. Is that, is that true, at, at the wedding? That was a rough day in my life, I ain't gonna lie. Somebody was taking my baby away. Let's pray for me. <laughs> the good thing is my baby's in town this week. Amen. Isn't that great? All right. Hey, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, uh, y'all know I, 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 like to, I like to preach things and motivate people for what we're doing and what we're fixing to do. Uh, we have friend day coming up. We have friend day coming up in just a few weeks. And I want to get us ready. I want to get us ready for that and prepared for that. How many of y'all know everybody needs somebody? Everybody needs somebody. I don't care who they are. Even the biggest hermit in the room, you need somebody sometime. Amen? So let's look at this, and, and we'll, we'll jump right into this. All right, Proverbs chapter number 18. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 24. Verse 24, when you get there, say amen. It says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Friendly. And there is a friend. Yes, there is a friend. There's not a friend like our lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. How many of y'all are glad of that? Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, have mercy. I'm fired up right now. That was so good. I have so enjoyed the worship all morning long. It's so good to have friends back with us. And Lord, I'm so encouraged today. I'm encouraged by what I see you doing in this place. I'm encouraged by the worship and the spirit and the presence of God in this place. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll help me. Help me deliver this word. I pray that you'll help me share it in such a way that everyone can understand and comprehend. Lord, don't let me say anything out of the way. Don't let me get carnal. Uh, Lord, don't let me get in the flesh when I'm preaching. But Lord, let me say what I need to say. And Lord, don't let me forget anything important and don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And God, I'll praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Helen Keller, <clears throat> Helen Keller said this. She said, walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the light. Boy, I'd have to say amen right there. Amen? Walking with a friend in the dark is better than walking alone in the light. Thomas Aquinas said this, There is nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. True friendship. 
I want to give you just three practical things. This is a topical sermon. Usually we go verse by verse and, and, and study the Bible that way. But uh, in, in an effort to prepare ourselves, in an effort to prepare each other uh, for friend day coming up and what we're trying to accomplish in that, I want to preach a topical message this morning and just give you three practical things. You've seen it on the posters when you come in. But three things that will help you. And this is not just for friend day. This is for your own individual use, your own individual life. Uh, because I'm telling you, sooner or later, sooner or later, I don't care how tough you are, I don't care how quiet you are, I don't care how much of an introvert you are, even introverts want somebody to care. And we all need a friend. We all need a friend. So I want to do this. I want to do this. Let me give you the steps. Let me give you the steps that we want to follow in the next three weeks. And, and not just that, but then the steps in our life, all right? Number one, number one. Here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to do this. Number one, we're going to be a friend. Say that with me. Be a friend. You say, I, I want to go find a friend. Nope, nope, you're getting out of order. You're getting out of order. You're getting out of order. You have to first be a friend. I read, a, I read a, a quote that said, I went to find a friend and couldn't find any. So the next day I went to be a friend and I found a whole bunch. Do you see the difference there? There's a difference between trying to look for a friend and trying to be a friend. When you be a friend, here's, I read a story. I told you this the illustration the other day, and I couldn't remember. I was thinking it was Andrew Jackson that this happened to, but it was when I went back and researched it, it was Thomas Jefferson. Listen to this story. It says, during Thomas Jefferson's presidency, he and a group of travelers were crossing a river that had overflowed its banks. Each man crossed on horseback fighting for his life, and a lone traveler watched the group traverse the treacherous river and then asked uh, 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 President Jefferson to take him across. The president agreed without hesitation, and the man climbed on, and the two made it safely to the other side of the river, where somebody asked him, why in the world did you select the president to ask his favor? The man was shocked, admitting he had no idea it was the president of the United States who carried him safely across. He said, well, all I know is, is that on some of your faces was written the answer no, and on some of them was written the answer yes. His was a yes face. Do you want me to tell you why some of y'all don't have any friends? It's because your face hasn't received the memo. Are you with me? I want a friend. Tell your face. Hello. A man that has friends must, watch this, show. Say that with me. Show. Say it again. Show himself friendly. If all you ever do is go around with a frown on your face, go around with a scowl on your face, go around with suspicion on your face, ain't nobody going to want to be your friend. Are y'all with me? Be a friend. And you say, well, we need some Bible. No problem. No problem. How many of y'all know the Bible says that when Jesus was criticized, when Jesus was criticized, he was not, he was not, criticized for healing the lame. He was not criticized for healing the blind. He was not criticized for all these things. But you know what he was criticized for? For being a friend to sinners. I got proof. Watch this. Watch this. Matthew eleven seventeen. Matthew eleven seventeen. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine bibber. Watch this. A friend of publicans and sinners. 
a friend of publicans. That's what they didn't like. He was a friend of publicans and sinners. Publicans were the tax collectors. They were the ones working for the Romans. They were definitely hated. Amen. That was that, that Jesus' IRS day. Amen. That's who they were. The sinners were complete unbelievers. It did not have anything to do with the law. The scriptures didn't have, they were just really totally ignorant. And they hated these people. I, when, I was, when I was in the airport, when I was in the airport coming back from Israel, we was in Tel Aviv and, and, and sitting in an airport, and there was a couple with a, with a child right in front of us that were uh, Orthodox Jews. I'm talking about had everything, had the, 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 the funny hairdo and the, hat, the whole deal, and they were right in front of us. And, you know, we were Gentiles. We were, we were from another nation. And I'm telling you what, when she would turn around and look at us, it, you, I could see the disgust in her eyes. I mean, the hatred for uh, another nationality. It was, and in that moment, I, I understood. It clicked in my head why it was such a huge deal when Jesus declared the Good Samaritan. And they hated publicans. They hated sinners. They hated people who were not up to their standard of righteousness. But then here comes a man who's claiming to be the Son of God, a man who is claiming to be the Messiah, a man who is claiming to be the Savior, and he's not hanging out with a religious crowd. He's down there with the sinners. Now, why was he a friend of sinners? And how? Watch this, guys. This is it. How did he become a friend sinners. Let me give you this verse. This is going to chap some of y'all, but you'll get over it. (laughs) Luke 15. Luke 15, 1 and 2. Then drew near unto him. Then drew near unto him. All the publicans and sinners for to hear him. In other words, he was very attractive. Not in looks, because we know the Bible says that he was comely. There was nothing about his looks that would attract anybody to him. But he was attractive to sinners. He was attractive to publicans. Watch this. Here's why. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmuring, saying, and this is it. This is the key, guys. This man receiveth sinners. This man receiveth sinners. Why was he so attractive to the broken Why was he so attractive to the sinner? Why was he so attractive to the outcast and to the ones that nobody else would have anything to do with? They said it well. He receiveth sinners. Do you realize that this word is translated in different ways in your King James Bible? The same same Greek word here is translated admit. It's translated allow. It's translated accept and await. In other words, when I use the word admit, it's not admitting wrong. It's like when, when you are admitted into a game. You have a ticket and they admit you, right? Admit one. That means allowed in. What is this saying? Jesus allowed people into his presence. He allowed people into his presence. And it says accepted them. He accepted them. He didn't preach at them. He didn't nag them. He didn't expect them to be different or change. He just allowed them in. He allowed, are y'all, come on now, come on, don't get quiet on me now. I know who I'm preaching to. He accepted them the way they are. He, he accepted, come on. Most, most, most Christians don't want to accept anybody unless they're just like they are. That's not the way Jesus was. Listen, there's a difference, and I need to clarify this. There's a difference between accepting somebody and condoning somebody. You can accept a sinner 
without condoning the sin. What's the point? You don't have to go preach it to everybody at every family reunion you go to. You don't have to jump on everybody if they don't have the same beliefs that you do. They don't have the same standards that you do. Or they don't have... Listen, just go and accept them. Allow them to be who they are. Admit them into your presence. And, and here's the other one. Await. In other words, Jesus knew. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't wasting time. He knew that if they stayed in his presence very long, they would be different. He loved them. You know how you can accept something? Me and my brother, me and my brother, he texted me yesterday and, and a picture of a live well full of fish. I wanted to punch him in the face. He said, we got our limit of snook and snapper, both of that, last night. I mean, he's just messing with me, just teasing me like that. He is so different than me. We're the exact opposite. I mean, we're the exact opposite of, of, of just about everything. But when I go down to Florida, he wants me to be with him everywhere he goes. When he comes up here, I want him to be everywhere where I go. We're completely opposite and completely different. So what makes it work? I love him. And he loves me. You know how you, know how you can just let a sinner be a sinner? Love him. Some of y'all, I'm telling you, some of y'all, you need to shut your mouth and open your arms. And then turn off Facebook. I put a sign. You need to slow down too. Amen. I seen some of your posts. That's right. You know that's my dad, right, Joe? Amen. I put something on Facebook. It said, Facebook hasn't made the lame to walk, but it sure let the dumb to speak. Amen? Is that not true? Hey, sometimes, sometimes. Let me tell you, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why my, my dad was loved by everybody. It wasn't his preaching skills. Didn't have anything to do with that. Although they loved that part. It was he loved people. He loved people. He can't follow rules worth, worth a dime, but he sure loves people. How many of y'all have ever rode on the golf cart with him? How many of y'all love him? My point exactly. You see what I'm saying? Go be a friend. I tell you what, there's one thing you'll know from the parking lot to the, to the door. You'll know he'll be your friend. He don't even have to know you. You know, you know there, there are sinners today in this world. And they critique the church and call us hypocrites. They're right. Because we're always pointing out everybody else's sins except our own. I'll be honest with you. I got enough to worry about. What if we just went out and loved people? Just receive them. You don't have to condone what they do. You don't have to condone what they say. I've told the story about going to the coon club and all that. Till y'all, y'all know it by heart. So just take that for There's people saved today, baptized, going to church, going to, some of them are in heaven already. I baptized him and, and it wasn't long. He died of cancer and now he's in heaven because I didn't nag him. I didn't preach at him. I just loved him. Amen. 
receive sinners. Go and be a friend. You can be a friend in the drive-thru. You can be a friend in the workplace. You can be a friend in the school. Just love people. Just love people. Have a yes face. Have a yes face. All right, let's practice. I'm going to point you out if you got a no face. Let's practice. Come on. Come on. We're applying this. We're applying this. There's some suspects up in the, up in the shelf up there. Amen. All right. Here's number two. Here's number two. After, after we go out, after we go out to be a friend, then number two, we make a friend. You see, being a friend is all about attitude. It's all about mentality. It's all about what I'm, I'm going to be. Right? Making a friend is about taking the initiative. And I, I got to do this fast. I got to do this fast because it took too long on that one. How many of y'all remember when Peter and John were going into the temple in the hour of prayer in, Acts, in, in the book of Acts? I think it's Acts chapter 3. Y'all remember that? And there was a, there was a, a, a cripple, a, a, a guy lame from birth at the, at the edge of the temple when they were going in, right? And, and he, he said, what, what did he say? He was there for begging for alms. He was begging for money. And, and Peter, he was true Baptist. He said, silver and gold have I none, <clears throat> Right? But then he said this, but such as I have, give I thee. And this dude, he is healed. Peter heals him. He jumps up and he's leaping and he's praying. I can just imagine this scene. Man, you ain't never walked your whole entire life and now you got strength in your legs. Son, you're going to be cutting a rug. Amen. He is dancing. He is jumping. He is praising Everybody, I mean, this commotion goes out. There's, it's this huge crowd, and they run to see what's going on. And do you know what it says that they saw when they got there? A man holding. It uses the word held, H-E-L-D, but it means to seize. It means to grab. What's he doing? This crippled man is holding Peter and John with a death grip. You know what they just did? They just made a friend. Do you think he ever forgot what Peter and John did for him? They made a friend. They took the... I wonder how many people... Think about this. I wonder how many people pass that guy every day. For years and years and years and years and years and years and years. But never took the initiative to be his friend. How was they his friend? They met a need. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. We can't heal somebody from being lame. What, what, what did Peter say? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Everybody has something. All God's expecting you to do is share the have that you have and help somebody with a, a need that they have. One of the greatest friends I've got right now is Paul Allen Owens. Paul Allen Owens used to be the captain of the Marmot County Jail. He was mean as the devil. Mean as a devil. Big guy, rough guy, fight anybody, cut anybody. It didn't matter. He's just a bad dude. I stayed in his front yard at the hood of his truck till 3 o'clock in the morning, begging him, pleading with him, sharing every scripture I knew until he finally trusted Christ. He surrendered his life to Christ, got saved that day. And I'm telling you, he is my best friend. He would cut you if I told him to. Just keep that in mind. I made a friend. I made a friend. I took the initiative. 
Peter and John took the initiative and made a friend. I want you to see this story. My, my good friend Brian Edwards told me this story, and I was going to tell you, but I can't tell you like he told it. So it, and just, it'll, take a, it'll take a few minutes, so just sit back a minute, and I want you to listen to this story. And I want you to think about, while he's telling this story, I want you to think about who in Coleman do you have influence over like this that you could be a friend to? All right, let's listen. I had no idea that God was going to use the little man from the restaurant that no one talked to to impact my life. But week after week, day after day, I would go to this little diner down the road and I would just stop and pick up breakfast. And there was a man who was always in there. He was older, um, big white beard, sitting to himself. I would sit down around all the people who professed to be Christians and I would often hear them make comments about the man that they were avoiding. I heard people, well, they, they spread rumors about him. I watched as people refused to speak to him. He would kind of move around the restaurant. You could tell that he just wanted someone to engage him. He wanted someone to notice that he was there. And so one day I, I just started saying to him, hey, hope you have a great day. Uh, be careful today. Have a good one. Enjoy your breakfast. And I would just, you know, say something nice to him and then I would I'll just head on out. I'm not even giving it a second thought. Well, that went on for several months. And one day the man saw my oldest daughter, Kelsey, at a local business and I think realized that she was my daughter. And, and so he asked her, are you, are you Brian Edwards' daughter? Are you the preacher's daughter? And she said, yes, I am. He said, your dad's one of my best friends. When my daughter told me that, it absolutely broke my heart. How can I be one of his best friends? The only thing I've ever said to him is, hope you have a good day. Enjoy your food. Be careful. How, how could I be one of his best friends? And when my daughter told me that, my eyes filled with tears and I couldn't help but cry because that's when I realized that meant he, he didn't have any friends. And so God really convicted my heart. The next time you see him, talk to him. The next time you see him, say something more profound than have a good day. So a few months passed, and one evening I was at our local Starbucks. He was there, and I was with people, and to tell you the truth, I was ordering, I was talking to the people that I was with, and so I, I really didn't have time to to talk to him very much. I was just kind of just, you know, getting coffee and talking and hanging out. But I noticed he was always kind of where I was. He was standing nearby, really didn't have anything to do. He, he was just kind of there. And so finally the people left and I felt that, that nudge from God. And, and so I walked up to him and this is the first real statement I ever made to him. I said, when people do bad things to you when you're a child, you just never get over it, do you? And this man who rarely ever spoke, this man who everyone avoided, this man that really didn't have close friends, looked down 
toward the floor and he said, no, you never get over it. For the next several minutes, we just talked there in the Starbucks. It was really a heavy conversation. He only gave me a little glimpse into the life that he had lived and I walked away from the Starbucks brokenhearted. There are churches all over our town. They're everywhere. And yet, just because Harry was different, no one really cared for him. No one really connected with him, not even the professing Christians. Well, I, I started inviting him to church and, and found out you know, that um, he had no Christmas plans. He let me know that he didn't have a living family member on the face of the earth, not, not any friends, not anyone, and that every Christmas was spent alone. And so I said, not this Christmas. This Christmas, you're coming over to our house and we're going to have a feast. It's going to be great and, and you're going to be our honored guest. And he was so excited. We even went out and bought him a gift to unwrap. He said it was the first gift he had unwrapped and he couldn't even remember when. He was glad he was there because he sure ate that night. He loved it. That night we realized that he had no one lived in a house completely alone, would go to restaurants and to coffee shops, never talking to anybody, but it at least made him feel like he was around people. And he was interacting, although he wasn't interacting. And so I, I started inviting him, you know, to, to come over. I started meeting him for breakfast. It, it was odd. He didn't really know me. I didn't really know him. And, and well, his, he, he would tell you he struggles with his social skills. And, and yet we just kept building this, this relationship. Well, little by little, he started opening up to me. He told me that his dad was an alcoholic who didn't want him. At seven years of age, his dad tried to kill him. Had it not been for a neighbor who saw what was happening, he likely would have succeeded. He told me about physical and sexual abuse that started at the age of eight years old. And he would literally be tortured. As a matter of fact, things were done that were so bad that I, I can't even share them um, with a public audience like this. And and it just started really creating a compassion in my heart. I started understanding why he was who he was. And he told me that when he was just a kid, his family, they put him in an institution. And that's where he lived, well, for the next several years of his life. His dad died, his mom died. All of his family died. He was completely alone. He looked at me one day and he said, you're the only friend I have. You're the only family I have. And here's the beauty of it. I started inviting him to church and, and he came. And I'll never forget the Sunday that he stepped out of his seat in the back and he started walking down the aisle and I just knew he was coming forward to talk to me or, or something. I didn't know exactly. As a matter of fact, I was thinking in my mind, how am I going to handle this moment? 
But when he came forward, he didn't try to talk to me. He fell on his knees. And like a child would pray, he put his hands under his chin. And he said, God, please save and forgive my unworthy soul. Man, Harry gave his life to Christ. I didn't, I didn't know when I spoke to him in the, in the restaurant that it would lead to him coming to know Christ. But we just decided to invest in him, to make him a friend. And now Harry's a part of our life every week. And not long ago, my wife did something that you could tell he didn't know how to, he didn't know how to take. He, he said he'd never really been given a hug in so long he didn't know what it was like and growing up in the institution he didn't know how to joke or laugh because he said there no one ever laughed or smiled but my wife put her arms around him and gave him a hug and said I love you Harry he didn't even know how to respond but we do love him and I just want to say there may be a Harry in your town that you need to embrace that you need to love that you need to open your life to, that you need to make room for. And you never know, you might plan on changing Harry's life. But in the end, well, he might just change yours. She might just change yours. Because he sure has changed ours. Last week we said that we must let our light shine before men out there. I wonder, I wonder how many of you pass a Harry every day that we need to engage. You know our, our, our theme or motto or whatever, what's on our invite card this year for a friend day is need a friend? Need a friend? Maybe, maybe... Maybe God will put somebody on your heart. Maybe, maybe you're, you'll, you'll go through your day. Maybe you'll be in the market. Maybe you'll be in the grocery store. Maybe you'll be at school and, and you'll see somebody and the Holy Spirit will say, that's the one. That's the one. Hey, let's, let's practice, y'all. Good morning. Come on. I know that's strange to some of y'all, but let's try it. You ready? Good morning. How you doing? How you doing? It's my crowd, man. It's my crowd. See, that's not so hard, is it? Try this. Try this. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Come on. Come on. Come on. Y'all know what just happened? Them smiles are contagious. A smile, a good morning. How are you doing? According to Harry, Brian was his best friend. And that's all Brian did. Amen? So number one, what are we going to do in the next three weeks? We're going to go out to be a friend. Number two, we're going to go out and make a friend. That means we have to take the initiative. Say it with me. I must make the initiative. Okay, all right, number three, number three. 
After we go out and be a friend, after we go out and make a friend, we're going to go out and bring a friend. <clears throat> bring a friend. Say it with me. <clears throat> Say it again. Say it again. Say, where do you get this from? Mark chapter number 2. The Bible says, when it was noised abroad that he was in the house, there were so many gathered together that you could not even get in the door. And I, I'm glad to know when people hear that Jesus is in the house, you'll have a crowd. Amen? Amen. And, and, and then there came four friends. Are y'all with me? Four friends brought their friend to Jesus. Four friends brought their friend to Jesus. Why? Because he needed Jesus. Listen, you don't bring a friend to friend day because we need to fill this place up. You don't bring a friend to friend day so we can hit a certain number. You don't bring a friend to friend day just so you can have one so somebody else sees you brought a friend. You don't bring a friend so we'll know you have one. Say amen. You bring a friend because they need Jesus. They need Christ. They did not let anything keep them from getting their friend to Jesus. If you have a friend that doesn't know the Lord Jesus as his Savior, hell is his destination. And I don't know if you understand this or not, but if they go to hell, there's no second chances. There's no getting out. There's, are y'all with me? There's no reprieve and there's no relief from hell. So if they are your friend, you are not much of a friend if you don't help them get to Jesus. Bring them. The Bible says compel them. Say that with me. <clears throat> Say it again. Compel them to come into my house that my house might be full. If you want to know what compel means, in the Greek it means hog time and drag them here. Well, in my concordance anyway. Amen. <laughs> Listen, do we, do we quit after the first try? Compel them. Dad, how many times did Uncle Jay ask y'all to come to church before you finally went? A bunch of times, right? But he never quit, did he? He kept on and 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 on. How many of y'all know one, one enthusiastic flea can drive a dog crazy? Right? Don't quit. Keep asking. Keep trying. Keep inviting. Keep loving. Keep loving. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. He must be a friend first. You have to be a friend before you can make a friend. Let me say that again. You have to be a friend before you can make a friend. And if you'll learn how to be a friend, they'll, they'll, you'll attract them. There's too many people struggling trying to go find a friend. Oh, nobody likes me. Nobody, nobody, nobody. No, no, no. Be a friend and they'll come to you. And what did it say? And there were many gathered. They came to Jesus to hear him. Who? Publicans and sinners. Why? Because he receiveth sinners. They knew they were not going to be criticized. They knew they were not going to be judged. They knew they were not. Are y'all with me? They knew they were not going to be hated upon like the religious crowd did, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees did. Now, does that mean that Jesus didn't tell the truth? No, he told the truth every time. I mean, he told it straight up just like it was. He told them all, hey, but when sinners come to people that love them, it changes everything. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know what? I feel this. Some of y'all need a friend. Some of you need a friend. I, I, I just sense that. You know what? 
you got one. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But here's the deal. All the rest of y'all, that's great. That's great. And I'm glad Jesus is there, right? I'm glad he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'm glad Jesus is there. But here's the thing, and this is the truth. You can take it to the bank. We need friends in skin. Everybody needs a handshake. Everybody needs a hug every now and then. Everybody needs a pat on the back. Everybody needs that familiar face that when they see you, they know everything's cool. I don't have to perform. I don't have to, I don't have to, I can be me. I can just be me. I I seen another, I didn't write it down. I probably should have because I'm going to probably mess this all up. But it said a true friend is one who overlooks your mistakes and tolerates your success. Y'all with me? That's good, isn't it? Will you you go be a friend? Will you go be a friend? Harry's life was completely changed. You know what I I do sometimes? I, I, I sometimes, I try to put myself, what if I was Harry? What would I want? What would I want? Would I, would I want somebody to talk to me? Would I, would I want somebody to acknowledge my presence? Would I want somebody to engage and take the initiative? If the truth be known, all of us would. So this next two, three weeks, this is what we're going to do. Number one, we're going to go out and be a friend. Number two, we're going to go out and and after we be a friend and make a friend, we're going to Bring a friend. Not, 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 doesn't have anything to do, doesn't have anything to do with a number, doesn't have anything, because y'all know we got a crowd all the time. It's not about that. That's not the, that's not the, it's not the goal. The goal is to see somebody that's been on a cot their whole life get up and walk. Someone who's been in darkness their whole life, who don't know Christ, who lives in misery and, and lives in discouragement to come to know the Savior and come to the light and step out of darkness into light, step out of death into life. Somebody say amen. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal. And all God's people say it. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to apply this. Help us to just... Lord, we, we, we can't make anybody do anything. We can encourage, we can inspire, we can motivate. Lord, we can ask. Lord, that's what I'm doing today. Lord, I hope there's people all over Coleman that's discouraged right now. I pray there's, there's people all over Coleman that's discouraged right now and defeated and, 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 and ready to give up hope. I pray that your people here in Temple will go out and be a friend. I pray that they'll go out with no judgment, no preconceived prejudice, but just go out to love people, no matter who they are, no matter their color, no matter their background, no matter their situation, no matter their baggage that they're carrying. We're just going to love them. We're going to receive them. We're going to accept them. We're going to allow We're going to allow, we're just going to let them be them. 
and love them anyway. God, help us to do that. Help us to be like Jesus. Help us to be like Jesus. We don't want to be like the Pharisees. We don't want to be like the Sadducees. Help us to be like Jesus. I pray that your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's stand to our feet.